This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. Hey, you're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast, Conan the Barbarian.
Hey, I'm Paul Montgomery, and you're listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast on Conan the Barbarian in 3D. And joining me for the special edition podcast is Mr. Matt Adler. Hey there, folks. Hey. So, um, we're talking about uh, the update to the 1982 Arnold Schwarzenegger film of the same name, Conan the Barbarian. Obviously, um, many, many comics, uh, Roy Thomas, uh, lots of stuff going on at, at Dark Horse um, throughout the decades, um, but it was originally created by Robert E. Howard. And, uh, yeah, so this is this is Conan the Barbarian's latest um, film installment uh, iteration uh, starring Jason Momoa and uh, Rachel Nichols, Stephen Lang, Rose McGowan, Ron Perlman, uh, lots of other folks that probably played orcs uh, in past lives, um, judging by their teeth. Uh, but this is directed by uh, Marcus Nispel, and uh, let's, let's get right into it. Um, it's probably a gimme that this is not a great movie. Yeah, I think you could pretty much uh, talk to any critic about that, and uh, they'd give you the same answer on that. It's well, it's 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 a gimme in that I think standing in line, you know that this is not going to be a great movie. If if you've been doing this for a while, if you've been going to movies for you know in, in your life, um, and if you've seen the trailer, it's it, it it's not high quality filmmaking. It's not anything special. But the question, sort of in my mind, was: Is it still going to be effing metal? Uh, because it is Conan, um, and and so it could be, you know, the original Conan the Barbarian, the Schwarzenegger film, um, that's not a great movie, but it's a lot of fun to watch anyway. It's a good popcorn movie. Yeah. It is a good popcorn movie, at least the first one. Not Maybe not Conan the Destroyer, but Conan the Barbarian, um, that's with James Earl Jones and, and Schwarzenegger, and uh, especially if you listen to it with a commentary track. <laughs> so and that that just came out on uh, that was just reissued on Blu-ray. So you should go check that out and listen to the commentary track with Schwarzenegger and the director talking about uh, everything and just basically it being like Schwarzenegger's first time watching the movie and and reacting to it wide-eyed and uh, making weird uh, sexist comments and it's 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 kind of fun. But uh, but as for this one, you you saw this with your fiance. Yeah, and I felt so guilty afterwards. Uh, I really shouldn't have subjected her to this. Uh, it was pretty, as far as just pure graphic violence, gore, uh, it's right up there pretty much with any any kind of uh, horror movie you maybe saw. Uh, it's it's pretty, pretty brutal. And uh, if you're bringing someone that is faint of heart, doesn't like to see those gory things, probably not a good idea. Yeah, it's um, and it starts off right off the bat with um, what I'd consider a, I guess we'll call it a, a Conarian section, where uh, they say that Conan the Barbarian was was born in battle. His actually his his um, his mother was a warrior, just like his father Ron Perlman, uh, with his crazy beard. Um, and and she's like she's in battle and she's wearing this big like breastplate thing that goes over her swollen belly, and um, she's fatally wounded and like lies dying in the middle of this battlefield on this cart and uh and Corin uh Ron Perlman comes to 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 help her out and she wants to see her baby before she dies and uh so he, he cuts her open and and pulls out baby Conan and an emergency uh, C-section and an emergency yeah, emergency <laughs> C-section and and shows the baby to her just as as she's dying and asks her to to name her son and she says his name is Conan uh, she says with her unibrow, and uh, Corin 
in the middle of the battlefield lifts this this bloody naked baby up into the air sort of like the lion king and screams and it's um it's sort of it's like th- those dramatic moments sort of work in the 80s but like here it's just it's very i like just sort of winced when i saw that there was an awful lot of screaming going on in the movie, you know, just at random moments. Sometimes it seems like people just yell, um, and, pe- and sometimes people yell, and it's like a horse noise when they yell. If you <laughs> noticed, um, there's a there's a battle a little bit later on um, with young Conan, and you might have seen that there was a, a, a section of a portion of that video sequence that uh, they released online, and you could see uh, young Conan uh, put an egg in his mouth and run out for sort of a. Um, a youth ritual where uh, whoever comes back from this obstacle course with the egg in their mouth still intact gets to fight alongside the other warriors in Samaria. And uh, he goes out with the other young men. He's a little bit younger than them. And uh, there's this raid by this this uh, other group. Um, and they sound like the Tuscan Raiders for some reason. <laughs> and the, like they're groaning and howling and making weird noises. And this is, I mean, aside from the, the born in battle thing in the beginning, you get this little kid Conan uh, fighting against these these guys with like weird mangled teeth and and there's no there's no background given to them. We have no idea why they look like monsters, where they come from, anything like that. They're just Random bad guys that look like monsters. Yeah, the, the, but they, they look like they should be, like, raiding in, like, you know, Minas Tirith or something from Lord of the Rings. Like, they're, yeah. they're just, they, they look bizarre. and um, they're, easy, they're easily frightened, but they'll soon be back in random yeah. yeah. we, we get And, we, and I, I should mention we do, we do also get a, um, an introduction by Morgan Freeman, which took me off. I was like, is that Morgan Freeman narrating this? And just, it, that, was, that was pretty random, too. It was, it was just like. It was, let's get let's get Morgan Freeman to do the introduction. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's um, he's not doing anything. He's probably like at the studio for something else. And was like, would you mind reading this copy we have for Conan and <laughs> uh, reading about Hyboria and stuff? And and he's basically giving the background on the the main threat of the movie is the um, is the mask of Asheron, yeah. which they put. Uh, virgins on like a big circle thing, and they... he's trying to resurrect his wife, and it's yeah. I mean, it, it was all a big MacGuffin. It was just an excuse for them to just yeah. So you, so you get this this big sequence sort of in the beginning, and it's got this weird um, filter over it to make it look like it's part of an antique map, you know, with like tea stains on it and stuff. <laughs> and um, it's and it's sort of you know like they they built this mask that could you know, unleash hell upon the earth, but then the mask was broken and it was scattered throughout the world, like, you know, like the the rings. And um, so it's, the, the idea is that Stephen Lang from Avatar, um, not quite as broad and hyperbolic and over the top as he was in Avatar in that mech suit, um, but still kind of wide-eyed and crazy, which I think is appropriate for this movie as the bad guy, uh, Kalar Zim, Zim, Invader Halo Zim, Zim. Yeah. yeah, Invader Zim, um, spelled a little differently, but uh, but he's uh, yeah, he's Zim, and he's basically trying to get all the pieces of the mask together. And in this opening act of the movie, he's trying to to build the mask and get the last part. And uh, in Samaria, that's where the last part is hidden, and uh, it goes to um, Conan's father, Corin, who's 
protecting it, and so that you have this big battle with the Tuscan Raiders and everybody, and uh, everybody's getting killed, and and then uh, uh, Conan's father is is killed by having uh, molten uh, steel poured on him, um, and uh, and Conan is left uh, orphaned and alone, and uh, that his his father's sword has been stolen by uh, Zim's daughter, Rose McGowan, uh, Marik, who's a creepy witch character. Ex- extremely creepy. Looks like... Um, Christina Ricci. Looks, looks like, looks like <laughs> Kate Goslin with alopecia. Is, <laughs> is how I'd say it in that we have a text review up on the site. And that's sort of... If Frank Frazetta was to design um, Kate Goslin with alopecia and, and leather wedge heels, um, that's what Marik would be. And she has these metal finger talons that she puts on and and she can uh, give these lethal slices and stuff and she uh, she's doing a lot of uh um uh, lapping at blood to see if there's pure blood from the asheronians in there because they're trying to track down both the part of the mask which they get at the beginning and they also need a virgin with pure asheronian blood she's so that, apparently got a very discerning sense of taste yes yeah, right? she's she a can... discerning palate yeah <laughs> um and uh, and she's got kind of a weird thing for a dad, and she looks like her mother did, and so there's some creepy stuff going on there. Yeah, I was I was really worried in that scene that that scene was going to go somewhere, and thankfully they cut it off before it went anywhere. Yeah, it was far, it was but... it was going in some weird directions, but um, but yeah, so that so this is basically it's a it, it's a fairly simple story uh, going from there where it's Conan is. Um, as he grows up, is tracking down the different people that um, were involved in the murder of his father and the death of all of his people, including a guy who uh, got his nose cut off by Conan himself. And uh, he eventually puts his finger through the guy's face through the nose hole. Um, and there's a lot, there's torturing scenes going on there. Um, a lot that, of that, that actually really bothered me as far as the character goes. I mean, you know, I'm not that squeamish, but. Mm-hmm. From the books and and the comics, you know, Conan is not not afraid to kill somebody. He's you know certainly you know the savage sort of Conan and so on and so forth. But he's supposed to be distinguished from the so-called civilized people in that he has a sort of code of honor and that yes. in that if he faces an enemy, he's going to give you a clean kill. He's just going to kill you and that's it. He's not going to torture. He's not going to do this. And this guy, this Conan in this movie was. A lot more sadistic than yes. than, I, than I've seen in in the books and the, in the comics. You you mentioned Saw earlier, and there's even he even borrows a trick from Saw, where that same guy with the nose. A little bit of a spoiler here. He he's a that guy is a warden for a like a big prison camp, and Conan takes the the key to all the cells off of the guy's neck. It's, he's wearing it as a necklace, and he forces it down the guy's throat, and you know forces it down with some ale or whatever. And then he leads him out into the quad of the prison and tells the prisoners that uh, this guy has the key to the, all the cells in his stomach and leaves one guy with a knife. And the guy says, you said you wouldn't kill me. And he says, I said, I wouldn't kill you. Yeah. So uh, pretty sadistic there. Um, and then, you know, a lot of just it's a lot of um, lead up to um, just fight scenes and sword play throughout. Um, there's there aren't a whole lot of sequences or set pieces that stand out because it's just fight 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 with a little bit of exposition in between yeah i'll tell you i thought thought one you know part part that was i guess you would call it the highlight of of the movie was the scene in the tavern uh you know my fiance and i got a chuckle out of the scene where they're arm wrestling and conan spits in his face 
to win the to win the arm wrestling match. If you remember, he spit mm-hmm. the beer in his face, yeah. and we got a good chuckle out of that. I would have liked to have seen more of that kind of stuff to balance out the, the violence and the brutality. Because if you again, if you read the stories, Conan does have a sense of humor. It's kind of a twisted sense of humor, but he does yeah. have a sense of humor, and that was really I felt like the only one of the only scenes in the movie where we really got a sense of that. I, I, I actually really enjoyed the character of Artis, his, his partner. Yes. Um, I thought he was uh, brought a good balance in the movie, but towards the end of the movie, they basically just cut him out of the movie, sent him off on a ship while Conan went off and did his thing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, a, it's, it's an interesting character. He's, he's a little bit older than Conan. He's sort of a, like a pirate captain, I guess. Yeah. Um, I on a pirate I, ship. I think from the Robert E. Howard stories, he'd be from Kush, which is sort of like a, a fictional African country. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and this is it's sort of it's sort of interesting in that the the world of Conan, the world of like in, in Hyborian stuff is it's fairly reminiscent of like the of the Middle East or Northern Africa. Right. Um, but it's everything's a little bit different. Um, yeah. And we see a, one of the cool things is seeing the establishing shots of all the different cities and the, the port towns and stuff like where they had that that bar scene that you were talking about and um, some of the like mountain citadels and there's a skull shaped cave and all of that is pretty cool. Otherwise, it's kind of claustrophobic because all of the traveling is through Conan gets on a horse, leaves, and then you get the establishing shot of where he's gone. There's no real sense of him actually journeying. My fiance commented on the exact same thing. She said, all of a sudden he's on this ship. When when are they getting on the ship? When is you know any of that happening? It was just a, a random transition. Mm-hmm. There's That's something that I missed from sort of like the 1982 film. I'm thinking of Schwarzenegger on a horse and just traveling alone in the desert or, or just walking through the desert and – you get a sense of time, and I thought that that you made original it feel film, epic. yeah, it does. It, it you get the the width and breadth of this ancient world and all of these different coast towns and big cities, and there's a thieves city, and here it's just like it's sort of like a modern jet set kind of thing where he hops on a plane and gets to another city, which works for a contemporary film, but for something like this, the road aspect is really important. And I think about the original film where Conan is a young man and he's wandering through the the desert and. He eventually gets to that wheel that he has to push as a kid, and they show you that sort of time passing through montage where he becomes older, and you see that he gets bigger, and it's easier for him to push that wheel um, working as a slave. And so they had they had a better sense of how to progress time. And here it's just all through establishing shots and cuts, and it's it feels like cheating in a way, and it also makes the fe- the, the film feel pretty small. When in doubt, go for the montage. When in doubt, go for the montage. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but let's let's talk about Momoa's characterization of, of Conan some more. And I agree with you. I really like that scene in the bar where they're just arm wrestling and he's flirting with all these bare-chested harem girls that they've rescued. Um, and I think about this the, the famous quote from The Phoenix on the Sword from 1932, um, one of the Robert E. Howard stories. And, it's, and this, this is this is Conan. Hither, hither came Conan, the Sumerian, black-haired, solenoid, sword in hand, a thief, a reaver, a slayer, with gigantic melancholies and gigantic mirth, to tread the jeweled throne of the earth under his sandaled feet. So you, we needed more mirth. We needed more. Well, no, actually, I think we got a lot of mirth in that moment, and we got a lot of um, just the violent reaver and yeah. the barbarian and, and all his action scenes. I don't think we got the gigantic melancholies in terms of him being like contemplative and, and thoughtful because right. this, this is a guy who becomes a king of nations, you know, towards the end of his life. 
um, he does become a king, and, and that's another great moment from the, the 1982 film where you get a narration over him sitting on a throne, and it just feels very, like there's so much gravitas to that. And here you get a little moment towards the end where he's um, yeah, sort of... Yeah, oh, he learned his lesson. Yeah. What did he learn? They, they showed nothing that he learned in the movie. So, I mean, that, that, that scene at the end struck me as so false. You know, okay, he, you know, they echo his father's words, you must learn the sword or whatever. What did he learn? They didn't show that he learned anything except that just keep keep chasing the guy till you get him. Or I guess that's the only lesson yeah. I saw he learned. He's, he's, uh, he said, you, uh, "This sword will be yours one day." That he built. He they forged this sword together when Conan's a child. He and his father, and they forged this sword. And unfortunately, when Corin is murdered, um, Marik uh, steals the sword and has it through till the end of the film. Uh, Conan, unsurprisingly, reclaims the sword, um, but. Uh, his father had said, "This sword will be yours one day, but you must first understand it." And he believe, and he thinks about it for a while, and it looks like he's going to leave the sword there because he he hasn't earned it yet. But then he lifts the sword up to the sky in sort of a He-Man moment, and, and of course <laughs> I screams. Gonna, I was tempted in the theater to shout, "Thundercats!" Oh, yeah, or I have the power. Exactly. So <laughs> it's um, it, there's a there's a a lot of a lot of action in the movie, um, but it's I think it's it's sort of the Transformers thing where so much is going on and there's there's some storytelling problems and that I don't know what's happening or it's too much is going on too fast or and the other thing that I say in the review is that it's sort of stunningly unremarkable in terms of a visual style there's there's there're no visuals aside from maybe the occasional establishing shot that was kind of cool design work that really wowed me and for an action film there's no, there it just seemed like action scene action scene action scene and nothing was terribly was shot in, a, in an exciting way in a very inventive way i didn't i didn't think the sword fights were done that well because it, it, there were so many quick cuts that you really didn't get a sense of the flow of the action mm-hmm. and we even get we get a, a platforming like video game scene with the uh with the, those sand golems or whatever that Marik right. summons and they're they're up on this like scaffolding this wooden scaffolding these platforms and they're jumping around in sort of like prince of persia and um, it just like I I never got a sense of how many of those sand creatures there were. And it, yeah, initially where I people it was were. The same, I thought it was the same one right. reforming initially, but it turned out there were more. Of course, you know mm. that wasn't pretty clear. You know. So okay, so we've been pretty harsh in this movie. Before we conclude, is there anything that you that you really liked aside, aside from say that bar scene and the you know the mirth there? But I, I mean, overall, I really thought the character of artists was. For me, the highlight of the movie, I felt he 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 balanced out Conan. But the problem was, is he what just wasn't in enough of the movie. They they at towards the end there, they just left him off on the ship. And if I can include one more gripe, although I know mm-hmm. we're supposed to be talking about the uh, positive aspects of it, how dumb was it? They know that the that these villains are after this girl, and they send her back onto shore with Conan. You know, like yeah. Does that make any? And of course, she's captured immediately afterwards. But right. you know, it just that that that's what they call, I believe, an idiot plot. Where in order for the plot to work, the characters have to be idiots. Have to do something dumb, yeah. And it's like <laughs> they send her up on shore, and Conan has sort of like a log cabin retreat there for uh, when he needs to have a soft core sex scene. Yep. Um, on on a straw bed with just black background. Um, 
and it and then like she has to go through like a forest to get back to the shore where the alone the, of course the boat of is course, alone she doesn't yeah. wait for conan to wake up and escort her or anything like that no she has to wait till she's alone and can be captured easily mm-hmm. it's a a very sort of thankless role for for rachel nichols there um i think she deserved a bit better um I think I think even you know I think Jason Momoa deserved a better movie to be Conan because I think he's a good Conan. Um, he's certainly more of a magnetic personality than Schwarzenegger was. Um, he's he's a he's a I mean you believe him as that character as a fighter as you know and and he's got the the charm that former Conans have not had. Um, and I, I think I, I, I think go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I just felt like he just didn't show that much range. I mean, I haven't, okay. I, haven't I haven't seen him in anything else. It's the first thing I've seen him in. So, you know, he may, may have that range, but I just felt he was, he was really one note here. It was really just, I'm going to get those guys. That's, that was his whole character through the movie. I felt. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, th- I think it was, a, it was sort of a question of wasted potential in that the story didn't provide him those moments. Yeah. I think that, that given the opportunity to play, and I think like people look at Conan as sort of he's like the savage warrior, and um, he just you know it's hack and slash adventures. But I think Conan is actually a very complex character um, because he's, as you said, he's it's sort of separate from civil what so called civilized um, uh, human beings, and he actually references that in the story in that. Um, Barbarians would yeah. never do this, or yeah. you know, and um, it's actually the people who consider themselves civilized—the priests and clerics and kings and princes—who actually sacrifice, you know, their virgins and and do all of that. Whereas in Samaria, um, barbarian women are are warriors who fight alongside the men, and um, so I think, uh, but I but I think there there was some glimmer in Jason Momoa that I saw that he could he could play the the different sides, the different aspects of. Of Conan, and I just I don't think that they gave him the opportunity to be that thoughtful tactician that he he could be. Yeah, I mean, I read a little bit about the development of the movie, and you know, apparently they've been trying to get another Conan movie off the ground for years now. It was with Warner Brothers for a while, and then eventually the the rights reverted. And after seeing this movie, it kind of just felt like they were because they mentioned that they said they the reason they took it back from Warner Brothers because they were frustrated with Warner Brothers inability to get it to the screen and they wanted to get something to the screen. And I feel like they were just willing to get anything to the screen. It didn't matter if it was actually a good movie. They just wanted to get another Conan movie to the screen. And it disappoints me because I feel like there's going to be people who've never read a Conan story and they're going to get an impression of the character, like you said, that he's just this mindless, you know, reaver and there's no other dimensions to him. And there, there are, you know, mm-hmm. you, if, if, if people pick up the books, if people pick up, you know, some of the, uh, you know, better comics, they, they'll see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think there's, it's a, there's a really rich world for Conan too. And then also, um, Rose McGowan has been attached to sort of a stalled, uh, Red Sonia movie that they were also trying to make for years and years. Um, and I, I don't think that's moving forward. And, um, it, you know, maybe it depends on how much money this makes, but I don't see a lot of buzz around this one. It's not very, it's not a very buzzable film, yeah. um, to use our nomenclature. Um, I mean, I went, I went to see it pretty late, uh, you mm-hmm. know, 1230 last night, but theater was even for that time was pretty empty. Yeah. So you I know, saw, 
as a matinee and there were very few people um and it was a, it was a pretty quiet audience um it's i mean there there are there are moments where conan is playful but there's nothing really funny in the movie um uh aside from a, a guy being sent by catapult uh yeah. as a as a, a dire message to uh to zim but uh i also got a chuckle out of the scene where uh she's you know scolding him whatever for not letting her go and he stuffs <laughs> stuffs a gag in her mouth to yeah it's her uh yeah there, there, there's some uh some laughs at the uh kind of the sexism and yeah. um and conan being very dismissive um and just saying walk get get on get off the horse stop um so it's the it, it could be problematic for for some audiences and he's it's, it's a it's a very difficult character because he's very he's very violent as we said um very dismissive of of other people um he is he he looks at uh rachel nichols character tamara in a in a new dress when she gets on the ship and says she looks like a harlot um and which is sort of He's sort of saying you shouldn't like you. You're better than being a harlot. You should be wearing armor because you're a warrior, just like me. And um, he he comes to a point where he does respect her. But yeah, it's a, it's a difficult character to 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 root for sometimes. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a problematic movie. Um, I think there there are a few interesting things going on. I, I think that the the uh, Marika character is kind of interesting. Um, Rose McGowan puts in a, at least an interesting bad guy performance. Um, uh, I, 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 I think that Jason Momoa is a little bit better than, than you think he is, but, um, so we're, I think we're pretty much agreeing that this is sort of, this is a rental if you're kind of interested in it, you know, walk, don't run, you know, early next year when this is out on DVD and Blu-ray. Um, but other, otherwise, uh, don't hurry up for this one. Uh, yeah. it's sort of the, the summer, uh, comic book films, uh, going out with a bit of a whimper here. Um, so yeah, so that's that's our thoughts on uh, Conan the Barbarian in 2D or 3D. And obviously, if you're going to go, might as well see it in 2D. If 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 that, um, I don't think it needs. Well, it it is a film that needs more dimensions than it has, but I don't think the 3D is is really enough. Um, so yeah, so that's that's Conan the Barbarian. Uh, you can check out my text review on ifanboy.com and all of the other coverage as well as the weekly pick of the week review and all of the stuff that uh, me and the other staff writers and Matt Adler are working on. Thanks for joining me, Matt. Thanks, Paul. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you.